past. Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, Episode 7. I'm Dustin. And I'm Cole. And this is the Batman Universe Podcast. Um, a couple of little changes that we're just going to mention right off the bat. Um, for right now, there is no more TV news as the Batman series has been cancelled, so that will no longer be discussed. Um, in the future, if a new Batman uh, series is talked about or coming about, we will talk about that, but as for now, TV news has been cancelled. Also, <clears throat> comic reviews as of right now have been cancelled as well, just based on the, the lack of uh, responses. Um, I get a lot, I get responses for the topic of discussion as well as some other things, but not very many for the comic reviews. So we're going to cut out the comic reviews this episode, and next episode, I and Carl will both... Um, pick one issue that came out within the last two weeks and we'll review that issue in and of itself um, just to make it so we have more time for movie news because specifically this week we have a lot of movie news as well as general news because as we get closer to the release of The Dark Knight <clears throat> there's going to be a lot more news to give, to put out there and this will free up some space as well as free up some space for our topic of discussion as well. And of course, it'll appeal to those people who just watch the films or whatever, and then if they want to have an interest in comics, uh, or a slight interest in the comics, they won't get like bored by that part. But if the people that are going to miss that part of it, then, you know, let us know and we'll go back to doing it. Yeah, we'll definitely go back if we can get a big enough response for people asking for it to return, but for right now, um, we're just going to cut it out. Um, also... Carl, go ahead and tell them what your uh, idea was for some for that up, upcoming thing. Well, basically, because we do it uh, bi-weekly, there's uh, another week where we've got something free to do. And I was going through a few other sites to do podcast stuff and about movies and other genres and stuff. And Ultimate Commentaries for Films was a good one. So I thought, why don't we do it for the Batman films? We, me and Dustin watch the films and do a commentary as opposed to the Tim Burton one or, what, or the what, George Schumacher or whatever. Um, of course, Batman Begins doesn't have one, so that'll be good for that. But um, it should be pretty good. And I think that's actually a great idea. And what we're going to do is um, basically every week that we don't have an episode, we're going to try to do at least one of the Batman movies. Um, we, there might be some weeks we might have to skip it and do it another time, but between now and the time of the release for The Dark Knight, we're going to try to get in at least the five major Batman movies, and if we still have some more time, we might be able to squeeze in some more, maybe some of the animated series, as well as uh, maybe the old Batman, various different ones, so... Yeah, because I have majority of the animated series on DVD as well, so we can do that when we run out of films and yeah. that kind of thing. And definitely we'll get in right uh, with the Batman the Gotham Knight being released about two weeks prior. We'll definitely try to get an alternate commentary for that one as well prior to the release of the movie as well. Mm -hmm. So, 
Well, let's uh, get into the movie news. Like I said, we have a whole lot of movie news to discuss. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on, especially because of the mock campaign thing for Harvey Dent, as well as a pretty much a boom in all the, a bunch of viral marketing stuff. So on March 14th, um, there was two new sites that were found that have to do with Harvey Dent running for district attorney. Um, one of them is GothamElectionBoard.com and Gotham's, and the other one is GothamCityClerk.com. And actually, I'll mention later on, there's actually a very large amount of new viral sites all having to do with the Dark Knight. And I will all, I'll have uh, links on the webpage for all of the, the new ones so you, can, you guys can check them out, and I'll mention some of the other ones later. All right, sounds good. Um, also on March 14th, uh, all the the main actors, Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan, Maggie Gyllenhaal, were all at Show West um, the day prior to March, or well, on March 13th, they were all at Show West, which was basically like a film convention in Las Vegas, Nevada, and they were all talking about the film and about Heath Ledger and such, and one of the things that was mentioned was that uh, Christian Bale said he's definitely up for a third movie. He wants to see how it's going to pan. He wants to, s based on just, you know, the stuff that he filmed during uh, principal photography and all that, he really wants to see what's going to happen in the third one and he wants to be a part of it. Um, Christopher Nolan um, is still leaving people in the dark, stating that he's not sure if he's going to return, but I'm hoping that he will. Sounds good, and it also sounds good that for a change, an actor is embracing a role as opposed to being against it or trying to stop typecasting or something. Because so often, especially with the Batmans, uh, they've tried to distance themselves from it. And especially with a lot of cult hits and stuff, people try and distance themselves from what they're famous for. And they always seem kind of resentful of the fact they're known by that role or something. Which is good that Christian Bale isn't like that. Yeah, and I definitely think that's a huge plus because there's plenty of actors who even after doing something well for instance like Michael Keaton playing Batman for the first two and turning down um, playing Batman for a third film whether or not it was going to be filmed by Tim Burton or not he didn't he, he specifically turned it down and stated the reason why he turned it down was he didn't want to be known as Batman and him to only be remembered for that role that he played and I think Christian Bale, he's taking a completely different approach to it and thinking, you know, hey, this is this is really good. And, I mean, Christian Bale, is, he's done some other good movies, but this is definitely up there with, the well, not only blockbuster hit-wise, but also just, you know, fan-favorite-wise. So, on March 15th, uh, Batman Gotham Knight cover art was revealed. And I'll provide a link to the cover art as, uh, for that as well. And the new description reads, Acclaimed screenwriters including David Goyer from Batman Begins, Josh Olsen from A History of Violence, and Alan Burnett from Batman the Animated Series joined forces with re revered animation filmmakers on six spellbinding chapters chronicling Batman's transition from novice crime fighter to the Dark Knight. These globe-spanning adventures pit Batman against the fearsome Scarecrow, the freakish Killer Croc, and underring marksman Deadshot. 
using an arsenal of high-tech gadgetry from Wayne Industries, Batman's ethical boundaries exist only where he chooses to place them, leaving some fearful of his power. The sharp storytelling, complemented by stylish art from many of the world's most visionary animators, masterly depicts the blurred lines of Batman as man, myth, and legend. And that's that's what that says. Um, this actually answers a question to me of why a couple episodes we said that um, from the toy fair there's going to be a Deadshot character, and a lot of people yeah. a lot of people weren't sure why. And this could actually be why Christopher Nolan wasn't opposed to it because Deadshot will actually be featured in this movie. I think they're using this also to be able to use Killer Croc because. He's one of the ones that couldn't appear in the actual Nolan films because he's too unrealistic. And I think that's a good approach to go. But as far as this thing goes, I'm not sure about the whole different looks, which is, although it's good, as far as continuality goes, it's a bit confusing. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, I think it could be confusing, but it'll be interesting to see how they, they intertwine them to not be stories in themselves but like it says in this description chapters yeah it seems almost like it's going to be like that episode that i spoke about last week uh last show even where i said about the legends of the dark knight which was an episode of the new adventures which is that one where they did the frank miller stuff and all that it seems like it's going to be quite like that yeah i think i think well i can't really i think it'll turn out okay It'll just be interesting to see, and I'm really interested to see how... The art looks really good. Yeah, the art looks outstanding, and I'm hoping that they do a very good job of trying to keep to the Christopher Nolan-esque of the the Batman universe and not try um, to, to do something too different that could, you know, jeopardize what Christopher Nolan's doing for Batman. Alright, so March 17th, <clears throat> Batman Begins, as I've mentioned before, uh, is going to be released on July 8th in Blu-ray, and Batman Begins has already been well received in high definition as the HD, HD DVD release is the top catalog HD seller, making Batman Begins the number one HD movie ever being sold. Now that HDs are no longer being sold, it's... It, um, it leaves it open to be on Blu-ray. Um, there will be three new DVD editions, two on Blu-ray high definition and one in standard definition. And they'll all be released, like I said, on July 8th prior to the July 18th nationwide release of uh, The Dark Knight. Leading the Blu-ray high def pack is the Batman Begins limited edition gift set, um, which will, and then there will also be a single Blu-ray high-diff gift set, which will include the Dark Knight pro Prologue, which will be the first six minutes of the film, which was, uh, which was the same six minutes that was shown prior to um, I Am Legend for the IMAX version. Um, a Batman Begins motion art lenticular, a 32-page booklet including an all-new DC Comics comic book adaption of the Dark Knight Prologue, Exclusive photos, script pages, and storyboards. This gift set will also include five Batman Begins collectible postcards with never-before-printed key art from the theatrical release, as well as 750 movie cash towards the purchase of an adult ticket to see The Dark Knight in theaters. A single Blu-ray high-def version of Batman Begins will also be available. This will also include 
Dark Knight Prologue. Batman Begins limited edition gift set will also be available on a two-disc standard definition version. The gift set will include 128 um, megabytes Batman branded flash drive, five Batman Begins collectible postcards with never-before-seen printed key art, as well as 750 movie cash towards the adult ticket of Dark Knight. One thing I'm finding interesting that it doesn't mention is that it doesn't say whether or not there's going to be a commentary. Mm, yeah, because that was what was missing off the original special edition, wasn't it? I believe so, and it, it, it'll be interesting to see if there is going to be anything on there or not. Um, I mean, if they can get Joel Schumacher to do a commentary on Batman and Robin, they can certainly get Chris Nolan to do this. Yes, I, I, I think they, they should be able to, and I don't think Christopher Nolan would be opposed to it at all. I mean, obviously at this point, it's probably... If it's going to happen, it's probably already in the motions. But It'll probably be like those ones that get released 10 years later or something. Although it's very different because DVDs weren't alive back then and that's why they're all coming out with these special editions with commentaries and stuff. Yeah. Okay, on March 20th, voice talent for Batman Gotham Knight was revealed. Uh, Conroy, Kevin Conroy, as I reported in the last episode provide a central rallying point for the cast that perfectly meshes stars from some of today's highest rated primetime television series with many of the popular voiceover actors in the business. Gary Doran from CSI, Anna Ortiz from Ugly Betty are heard in multiple segments of the six-story film as police detectives Crispus Allen and Anna Ramirez, key members of a special unit who learn to trust the Dark Knight's motives. Paraminder Narga from ER supplies the voice of Cassandra, a mythical Indian woman who teaches Bruce Wayne to endure and manage his pain. David McCullum from uh, Navy NCS, NCS, NCIS um, takes on the role of loyal servant Alfred. George Newberg from Father of the Bride and Alana Ubach from Legally Blonde also join the cast. The cast will also feature popular voice-over artists Corey Burton, Robin Polson, Kevin Michael Richardson, Will Fredley, Jason Marsden, Jim Maskman, Pat Music, Scott Menville, Hayden Walsh, Corey Padnos, and Crystal Scales. Now, quick question. Will Fredle, didn't he play, wasn't he uh, Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond? I um, don't know. I could look that up for you if you while you carry on. I'm look. I'm thinking that, well, I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was it. So it'd be interesting to know who he will actually play. Yeah, check that real quick, and I'll just jump into the special features for the Gotham Knight, and then we can we'll go jump back to that. Also on March 20th, the special features for Batman Gotham Knight will, were announced. Batman Gotham Knight 2-disc special edition DVD and Blu-ray will feature incredible extras including Batman and Me, A Devotion of Destiny, The Bob Kane Story, a comprehensive chronology of the remarkable life of the, cre- the creator of Batman, a mirror for the bat, the evil denzines of Gotham City, a stimulating documentary covering Gotham City's most nefarious of characters combined with a look into the symbiotic relationship Batman shares with his enemies. Batman the Animated Series Boatless Episodes, Bruce Timm selects his favorite episodes from Batman the Animated Series, Sneak Peek of Wonder Woman, DC Universe's animated original movie coming out later this year, and an audio commentary featuring the filmmakers of The Gotham Knight. 
Right, um, I've just found that, uh, that he is actually um, Terry McGuinness, yeah, from Batman Beyond. So it'll be interesting to know who he will actually be playing in that movie, and I'll see if I can look that up real quick myself to see, because that's that, that'd actually be very interesting to know who he'd actually be doing a voice for. Or he has a very teenage voice, doesn't he? It could be something like a Robin or something like that, or... Uh, I guess not, because it's a Batman Begins sequels. Yeah, and I'm not thinking they were going to try to throw in Robin or something, but let's see what he's got in here. Batman. Is there no other kind of teenage characters in early Batman life? Not really, and there's and on the site it does not. It just says he's playing a voice. It doesn't say who he's going to be playing the voice of. So yeah. that'll be interesting to see what pans out of that. Mind you, he is a voice actor, so it could be something completely different. Yeah, it could be. All right, um, March 24th. Um, basically, everyone who sent any pictures uh, or videos to I believe in HarveyDent.com started receiving Gotham City voters registration cards. Um, and I will actually provide a link to, so you can check out the Gotham City voter registration cards. It actually came in an envelope that was marked Gotham City... Uh, Gotham City City Clerk and when you open it up it actually has like a voters card and what I'm assuming that w what this will be is there's a code on the voters card and I think well I'll talk more about that later on because I don't want to ruin some of the other news that we have um, on March 25th um, Fox Home Entertainment announced that uh, Batman from the Batman movie from 1966 will be released on July 1st on Blu-ray. <laughs> you can see shit that's in high definition. Yes. On March 26th, there was a new Gotham Times up, as well as the new issue being sent to all who participate in the Harvey Dent's campaign, as well as those who per participate in the Joker viral marketing from last November. On March 27th, Joker's back... Fans are receiving this text message from recruiting at rentaclown.com. Hey clown, long time no crime spree. Well, put on your floppy shoes and answer this question. Are you ready to get to work? If you reply yes, you get you'll get back. Glad to see you're still alive and kicking. I'll be in touch before Poison de Everell. So it looks like we'll hear from the Joker before April's Fool's Day, which is this Tuesday. And then I think Mark can go over this film. Yeah, and then on March 28th, um, the Gotham Times or the Ha Ha Times returns with a new issue uh, taking the Goth the current Gotham Times issue and with its uh, Joker uh, defaced-esque basically the four pages of the Gotham Times all defaced by the Joker and looking similar to the one from last year. So I want to jump in and talk about all the viral marketing stuff that's been going on. Um, Starting out with the Dentmobiles. The Dentmobiles basically went all over the place, uh, all over the United States. I was unable to go out because they ended up changing the location of where it was going to be in my area. It's like within a couple of days before and wasn't able to go out there. But I did end up getting, a, was able to get the, I believe in Harvey Dent t-shirt that they were giving out. I was end up, I ended up being able to get that from eBay. Someone had a couple extras, and I ended up getting that. Um, 
when I found out about the voters' cards, I started thinking, um, I bet, you know, with the code that's on the voters' cards, there's probably going to be like a mock um, election where you go on the website with the, the code that you have and you can vote for whoever you want to be DA as well as if you check out the uh, Gotham's, what is it, Gotham election borders, you know, the Gotham City Clerk, it actually, GothamCityClerk.com will actually, it says who's running for the different offices, including who's running for mayor. Um, so it's like all these different characters in the Batman universe making it like a real goth. Exactly. So when I started thinking about that, then, you know, when they released that new Gotham Times issue, I started thinking, okay, so if they did the one, you know, back in November, and now they do this one saying Harvey Dent is running, has decided to run for Gotham City DA, I don't think that the movie is actually going to start out by having him just jump into office. I think he'll already be in the office of the district attorney when the movie starts. And I think what they're, right, okay. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it so it can link it from Batman Begins where the DA gets murdered to who's going to be, you know, district attorney in Dark Knight instead of having to fill in the gaps. This viral marketing is kind of filling in the gaps for us. Do we know uh, how much distance there is in, like distance of time there is in between Batman Begins and Dark I don't how, think, long, how much time has passed? I don't think, well, I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm, I'm assuming it's not a ton of time only because you think at the very end of Batman Begins, you've got, you know, uh, wow, I cannot believe I'm mis forgetting his name. The mansion burned down. Yeah, well, the mansion burned down, but uh, the commission, Commissioner Gordon hands Batman that card, the Joker. Ah, uh, yes. And he goes, yeah, I'll, so the Joker's I'll, already at large. Exactly. The Joker's already at large, and Batman says, I'll look into it. We know that the first six minutes of the movie is going to be the Joker robbing a bank because that's what I mean I haven't seen the first six minutes but that's what all the reports say of the people who saw the first six minutes from that IMAX uh, thing back in December everyone says that those first six minutes is going to be the Joker and all his henchmen uh, robbing the, the Gotham City Bank and the photo, there was a bunch of photos that were circulating like last summer about a school bus, uh, them all leaving on a school bus or something like that from the bank. So all, I think what's going to happen is because the Joker's already at large. And it also says at the end of Batman Begins, Gordon actually says armed robbery. Exactly. So I think it's basically, you know, jumping right into it where it's not... There's enough time where it could it could have there could have been a simulate there could have been like a an election for district attorney, okay. But at the same time, there wouldn't there it might have been like an emergency election or something like that. So that's. Do you the way think that he'll be going the Harvard Dent will be going up against Rachel Dawes? No, I don't think so because, uh, and that's the one thing I'm not understanding because a lot of the stuff that's come out says that Harvey Dent was the assistant district attorney. Just like she was. Exactly. 
So, and I, and I know that there can be more than one assistant district attorney, but the fact that he was never mentioned in the first movie kind of makes it, you know, iffy. And then all of a sudden he's running for district attorney after the first movie, Rachel Dawes is sitting there talking about how the district attorney is not doing the right job, he's not prosecuting the corrupt cops, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Meanwhile, they don't say anything about Harvey Dent, who she would be working with pretty much every day. Well, they probably just realized that Harvey Dent is a better character than Rachel Dawes at the end of the day. Yeah, and I agree with that. It's just, it almost seems like, like what you just said, would she be going up against him? It almost seems like she should be, just because of all the statements that she made in the first movie. Maybe there'll be some sort of bitter conversation in the film somewhere as a filler little scene. Yeah, hopefully, just to like patch everything up. But, so, okay, so then what I was thinking about the Gotham Times was, so they had the one back in November, they have this one now. But, and then they'll have the, the mock election or whatever, where you use your little code that you get on your registration card to get, or to, to vote. Then what'll happen is they'll probably have one more Gotham Times issue that'll come out, I'm, I'm predicting sometime in May, early June, that says Harvey Dent is the new district attorney. Okay. And then basically... So basically all this newspapers is from the passage of time between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. Exactly. And the fact oh, okay, that but yeah. in, in our time, even though it's like four months or whatever to make a new newspaper come out or three months or whatever it is, even though it takes that, all these newspapers could actually be within like a week of each other or a day of each other. Or, well, not a day, but probably like a week of each other. And if they're within a week of each other, then there could only be like three weeks of time in between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and then everything makes sense. Well, they never really, after what happened the DA and also the, a big city like that couldn't run without a DA for very long exactly it would be a long drawn out election yeah um, so that's basically all the news you, if you haven't checked out uh, the new Gotham Times there's four pages and there's a there's a couple little like easter eggs for us fans out there like there's a ad for the Iceberg Lounge which is the lounge that the Penguin owns as okay. well as some other ones that, you, I mean, if you check it out, you, you'll notice some of them. Um, they mentioned something about um, Edward A uh, Nashton, which we all know is the real name of the Riddler, not Edward Nigma. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his original name was Edward Nashton, and then he changed okay. it to Nigma. But uh, Was it in the comics, that? Yes, it was. Okay, right. I just thought I just thought they changed it the same way that they changed the history of Batman every few years. Yeah, it was it was in the comics. I I was looking on some message boards of some different sites, and anything that I wasn't catching, somebody else was catching. And there's actually a really interesting uh, thing. One of the articles, or one of the articles, has a picture of Batman, and he's sitting on like. A telephone pole or something like that and if you look at the picture that's in the Gotham Times and you look at that compare that picture to the Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller 10th anniversary uh, edition. yeah it looks exactly the same he's not he's not sitting on the lines but he's it's pretty much very very similar and when I looked at that I 
actually just got the 10th anniversary a while back and as soon as I saw that picture I was like wow that's that's awesome of course it's a much different Batman though yeah alright uh, let's jump into book news there's only one book coming out in the next two weeks um, it's on April 9th it's entitled Batman Lovers and Mad Men Michael Green writer producer of NBC's smash hit series Heroes teams with classic Batman artist Denise Cohen for a tale set early in the career of the Dark Knight that sheds light on who the Joker was before he became the clown, clown prince of crime. In this volume, collecting Batman Confidential number 6 through 12, discover how Batman first crossed paths with the punk who is destined to become his deadliest foe and see how just how far he, he'll go in order to bring down new criminal insanity that's inspiring Gotham cities in the world. I don't like that. 144 pages, color, hardcover, $24.99 US dollars. And I agree with you, I'm not really liking... The... I like The Killing Joke, where it was basically like, uh, what happened to the Joker with his wife and all that made him go mental. I don't like this idea that he was always bad. I, I agree. When I was reading the Batman Confidentials that were trying to explain this story, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, why, why do they have to keep trying to change it Especially something from it's like... It's unnecessary explanation. We don't need this. Exactly. Especially since the, the killing joke, it didn't answer all of the questions that we possibly could have had, but at the same time, it gave us enough information where we didn't need to get what we got in these six issues. Well, that's the point of the character, isn't he? He's supposed to be an enigma of a character, which is exactly what they're doing with the Dark Knight. Yeah. He should be a character you don't know much about. He just appears and, you know, screws with everybody. Yeah. And then maybe over time, you might find something out. But the the, the whole thing is like uh, <clears throat> with uh, like the Killing Joke. You f you don't really f you find that out just because the writer's telling you that, but you're not finding it out because like he's divulging it and he's telling, you know, he's not sitting there getting questioned by Batman and telling Batman, oh, you know, I fell in the vat of acid yeah. because of you, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. Exposition unnecessary. Exactly. Alright, in the general news, March 16th, there was a bunch of product tie-ins that were announced. Uh, I'm assuming that the majority of these are probably going to be in the U.S. only, but some of them will be in other places around the world. Pizza Giant Domino's, in its first feature film link, joins General Mills, Nokia, Hershey, Comcast, Microsoft's Xbox, and the California Milk Processor Board, to co-promote the film, which again stars Christian Bale, Michael Caine, blah, 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 blah. Design house Giorgio Armani even get, gets in the picture using its sleek wardrobe of Batman's alter ego Bruce Wayne as a centerpiece for Dark Knight themed print ads in fashion magazines. So they're basically going to throw anything and everything that could possibly have to do with Batman in a real world into ads to make it seem like this is real. And I'm liking that. Yeah, it's giving it texture, isn't it? It's giving it texture of um, a real world, which is really what Christopher Nolan's going for. Yeah, and I, I especially like that uh, that fashion, or the print ads in the fashion magazines. Because if you get, like, Christian Bale dressed in some Armani suit, and he's, and, you know, the ad says Armani, and then it says at the bottom or something about Bruce Wayne, people are going to be like, mm -hmm. I thought Bruce Wayne was, a, I didn't think he was real. And it's the same thing as, like, when... Uh, the, they had the the first couple uh, dentmobiles go out 
people were like, who's Harvey Dent? I didn't know he was running for district attorney. You I think more people on that who Bruce Wayne is that. Yeah, I, I think so too. But it, but at the same time, it's getting more people interested in trying to find out more information. And I, and I really oh, like yeah, that. Definitely. And also, I think this is playing against the whole idea that was ridiculous in the first Batman film. In that um, nobody knew what Bruce Wayne looked like. What the hell? You know, he's supposed to be this public figure. Yeah, he's supposed to be. So a, he's supposed to be like this. He's definitely supposed to be a public figure, and he's supposed to be a Playboy image guy. So this would be the perfect thing for him to be in. Would be especially kind with of, this being set in the modern world now, the world of magazines and paparazzi and all that. Yeah. Oh. So between March seventeenth and March twenty second, there was about probably like four different new t-shirts for the dark knight that were all that are all being be that are all being sold by hot topic do you guys have hot topic over there uh is it a magazine no hot topic is a uh, clothing store it's like a punk punk no. goth uh, clothing store no we, we have a few of them but we don't think we have any american ones that come over here well hot topic is a store here in this here in the states that basically sells like punk clothing goth clothing all kinds of uh band clothing and stuff like that they sell some other stuff too but they're basically whenever a movie comes out that's gonna have some kind of uh how should i put this like i guess uh cult backing yeah people who are really gonna support it but you know it might not necessarily like for instance that movie that came out a while back juno you know some people really like that movie and they watch it and they get hooked on it and then it becomes like this cult classic or whatever. They I know have, what you mean. Yeah. yeah, they have those Juno, they have, so they have shirts that have to do with, you know, different sayings that happened in the movie. So there was a couple shirts. There was um, there was a, a black shirt with the Why So Serious Joker, basically him behind, like, the, camo- uh, the piece of glass with the Why So Serious and blood being written on it. Um, and then there was a, I believe in Harvey Dent logo on the front of the shirt, basically like the billboard image or whatever. Um, and that was a white shirt. And then there was a Jokerized Harvey Dent, I believe in Harvey Dent shirt that came out. And then there was from the original teaser of just the, the dark Knight symbol or the bat or the Batman begins symbol, like breaking apart. Um, yeah. There was another one just like that that was that came out too. They'll probably come over here. They've got a store in Birmingham called Oasis that I go to, and definitely I go to those type of places. If anybody's actually seen my picture, you'll know why. <laughs> but uh, I'll actually provide a link to the Hot Topic site where they have all of the different shirts, so everyone can go check that out too. All right. Um, on March 25th, costumes were revealed at Hollywood, uh, Halloween Costume and Parties Convention in Las Vegas. Um, I'll provide pictures of the stuff that was shown. Interesting enough, there was um, plenty of Batman, different gadgets and stuff that can be used for Halloween costumes, as well as um, Joker masks and Joker costumes, and actually a bunch of the Joker henchmen masks as well. But interesting, interesting enough, there wasn't any Two-Face costumes. And I think they're trying to still keep it a secret from the general public that Two-Face is going to be in this film. Well, supposedly, 
This is this is what the site reported. The, the site reported. I suppose to like the first week or whatever when they're going to release the Two Face dolls, I guess. But I guess in for the general public, they're trying to keep Two Face hidden. I think. I think so too, but I think I'm I'm kind of I kind of agree with you on that, and I kind of don't because I think once this the the next trailer that comes out, whenever it may be, which I'm thinking might be within the next couple weeks. When that trailer comes out, it's going to feature something having to do with Two-Face. And when it does... It could just feature on Harvey Dent and then have a coin flip in for, you know, sort of like, something like that. It could, but what I'm thinking is because the, the action figures for The Dark Knight are actually supposed to be coming out the first week of June. Yeah. Oh, right. That'll blow the cover then. So they're all street dated for... I used to work for a place that, you know... Well, when I, when I, used, to, I used to work at Target. Um, a while back, and we used to set up the new t- the new toy aisles and stuff like that. And when for stuff like uh, the Star Wars movies or the Transformer movies, all the toys always came out on the same day. So you, it didn't matter whether you went to like Walmart, Target, Toys R Us, any of the stores that normally sell toys, you could always you were gonna find all the same toys on the same day. And the Dark Knight toys are all supposed to be coming out at the beginning of June. On, I don't know exactly the date, but the Two-Face figure is obviously going to be revealed. So okay. they're going to have to... I mean, I understand they're trying to build the hype and stuff, but with the toys coming out prior to the movie, it's not. it doesn't make much sense for them to cover it up completely. And there was like a, uh, yeah. there was like a little spoiler that someone said... Uh, the person who took the photos at this Halloween uh, con- Halloween costume convention asked the person, how come there's no Two-Face um, costumes? And the person actually said, well, that, that's because Two-Face is only in the last couple minutes of the movie. He's really only... Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, spoil that one for us. Yeah, and I was just like, well, that's the thing. Like, they might say he's only in the last couple minutes, but that might be what they're instructed to say, too. Um, I think Harvey Dent's going to be in the majority of it, and then it's going to be Two Face again, sort of like a. Apparently, it's supposed to do something to do with the Joker's trial or something, but that could just be rumor. Yeah, it, it, I think it'll be. I think it'll be Harvey Dent in the majority of the movie, and then Two Face at the end, and it'll lead into something having to do with maybe Two Face makes you know has something to do with the next movie, maybe not the main villain or something like that, but I definitely think that. It will be the majority of the movie will have to do with Harvey Dent. So okay, yeah. <clears throat> and then um, the only other general news: March twenty-sixth, on June third, there will be a series of books geared towards kids that have to do with the Dark Knight that will be released. Um, that, which is amusing because Christopher Nolan stated in past interviews that this Batman movie is definitely not kid-friendly. But at the same time... They make that mistake every time. Yeah. I remember hearing about the scandal that was around Batman Returns. Yeah, and the thing is, even though it's not kid-friendly, they're still going to have some kind of merchandise that have to do with you know selling it to kids because you know, just us uh, Batman fanatics who buy the action figures are still going to have the kids who are going to want the figures and they're going to try to like dwell on that and make as much money in as they can off it's the just the name Batman isn't he it makes a lot of money off the kids but 
Um, but the trouble is with the Nolan movies is they're not aimed at kids. So I guess a cut version could air on TV or something eventually. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know that the Batman or that Batman series that just got cancelled, I know the toys weren't doing very well. And I noticed over time... I saw them all over the place, though. Yeah. I noticed over time, though, that the the amount that was being sold to the stores went from a lot at first to being taken down drastically, you know, here every once in a while. And even before the series was canceled, um, the stores around here weren't even selling those toys anymore, so... Well, I've, I've, they're still around around here. I think it's because the series is still running over here, uh, I think. Um, but in general, I think they want to back the um, Dark Knight now. Yeah. Because it's going to be the popular Batman. Exactly. Um, all right. So right now we would normally do comic reviews, but like I said, we're not going to do comic reviews this week. Um, if, we, if enough people send us emails or comments or pod mail or whatever saying that they want it back, we can definitely work back and start doing that again. But like I've said, we want to open up more time to discuss the movie news and general news having to do with The Dark Knight coming out this July, um, because as we get closer, there will be more and more news that everyone will want to hear about. So, And also, especially, um, really, um, when The Dark Knight is actually released, we'll obviously have to do a show completely dedicated to that as our review of that or something. Exactly. So, um, for right now, like I like I said earlier in the episode, what we're probably going to do is I'll pick one episode, one issue that that's coming out that we would normally do a review on, and I'll do a review on just whatever issue I think is the best of those, and then Carl will do one as okay. well. Well, um, my idea was to basically get Batman and Detective, and then have us actually chat about it as a review, as opposed to a read review. Because I, I think that um, it might be a little more entertaining. Yeah, we could definitely do that too. That might work a little better. Um, we'll do a combination of both. We could read one and then chat about it quickly and then move, read the next one and then chat about that one sort of thing. Yeah, I just, I don't think that, uh, so, I don't think the comic reviews are as well. I think more people are re- wanting to know more about the news than the reviews at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, once the movie is out and there's less news, we can always bring back the comic reviews. So, yeah. <clears throat> on the listener responses, so our friend Monica from Mexico emailed us back, and her email was, Hello guys, I did read your email. How dare you say those things about your mother? I'm kidding, of course. The email was fine, but don't worry, I can read English just fine, but it was nice of you. About the animated series, I completely agree with you. The Bruce Tim universe is the best Batman interpretation, and those last 13 episodes of Justice League Unlimited are brilliant. With the Batman series, I thought it was trying too hard. I don't even know why they bothered to do another Batman cartoon. They should have done Green Arrow or another character. Interesting fact, Cartoon Network Latin American and Televisa, a Mexican television company, stopped airing the Batman after the third season. That's because (laughs) they got the right idea, obviously. Yeah. I have a topic for your podcast. Batman the Ladies' Man. Seriously, how many girlfriends has he had? Vicky Bale, Selena Kyle... Uh, Talia Al Ghul, Sasha uh, Bordu, and many, many others. And we are actually going to be using that one for a topic of discussion this week. Um, and then I'll continue the email. I know the reasons why he doesn't settle down. He can't have loved ones because they become targets, but come on. 
and why those why those this girl or why do all these girls fall for this guy he doesn't talk about his feelings wait he doesn't talk at all and he won't marry them and he has four kids maybe he's just damn sexy in the current grant morrison run he's pretty game he's getting pretty serious with a supermodel what do you think finally favorite batman film batman begins keep up the good work monica okay thanks a lot monica but we'd like to hear from a lot of other people as well but uh, if you're listening send us an email you know yeah if you're definitely listening send us an email um we appreciate monica for continuing uh to to email us and we are definitely, like I, like I said, we're going to use the Batman Ladies Man for our topic of discussion in this podcast. Um, Which basically says that if you want us to talk about something, email us like she did and you can get us to talk about it, yeah? Exactly. So let's jump in a forgotten villain. This week's forgotten villain is Bat-Zaro. Um, Bat-Zaro is a fictional comic book character in the DC Comics universe. He is a twisted doppelganger of Batman. In the same vein as Bizarro, a symbol of doppelganger to Superman. While Bizarro version of Batman had first appearance in the pre-crisis continuity in World's Finest Comics 156, his first appearance in post-crisis continuity occurred in Superman Batman number 20, which was written by Jeff Loeb. Loeb secretly inserted the character into a panel in Superman 181, which Bat-Zaro's silhouette appears in the window of a bus Bizarro is being led on onto by ignition. Um, I'll just basically read his fictional character overview. I'm not going to go into all of his history because he actually does have... He's been around for a while now um, because that first uh, World's Finest Comics where he made his first appearance was from March of 1966. So he's been around for a while. In his, his origin is unknown, but his speech patterns are almost identical to those of Bizarro. Just as Bizarro has a reversed S on his chest, Batsaro has Batman's Bat logo on his chest, but is inverted, upside down. He also wears a utility belt like Batman's. However, he wears it upside down as well as the pockets open. He calls himself the world's worst detective. He uses a large steel chain as a weapon and as a grappling hook, but no other items. He seems to lack eyes, but has yellow fangs. He was also said to have, opposed to Batman's origin, shot and killed his parents. Interestingly, Bad-Zaro has a tendency to think out loud, often, often repeating what has just been stated in his thought boxes, the opposite of Batman's custom, uh, custom of quiet contemplation. So, and Bat-Zaro is actually, um, <clears throat> he recently appeared in um, what was it? Uh, well, it says Escape from Bizarro World. Solicitations for October 2007 reveal a Bizarro Justice League with a Bizarro Batman. The cover, however, shows a different Bizarro Batman than Loeb, sporting a smiley face on his chest and gleefully smelling a bunch of flowers. The character has been deemed by comic fans simply as Bizarro Batman or Bizarro Batzaro. The arc will be written by Jeff Johns and Superman director Richard Donner. And obviously that was already, that already came out last October. That's weird. Alright, on to upcoming releases. April 2nd, Detective Comics number 843. Nightwing number 143. All-Star Batman Robin the Boy Wonder number 10. 
Batman Confidential. No, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped something. That was, April 2nd is Detective Comics and Nightwing. April 9th is All Star Batman Robin, The Boy Wonder number 10, Batman Confidential number 16. On April 9th, also, they will be starting a new uh, miniseries, Batman Death Mask, which will be the first issue of four. As mentioned earlier, Batman Lovers and Mad Men, um, Catwoman number 78, Green Arrow, Black Canary number 7, and Simon Dark number 7 as well. So on the topic of discussion, um, Batman's love interests. So for Batman's love interests, he's had many throughout the years. Um, in the earliest Batman comics, Bruce Wayne dates um, Julie Madison, which she appears in a bunch of different episodes, or a bunch of different issues in the early days. Um, eventually, the two separate, and Julie weds into European ro royalty. royalty. Um, in Batman and Robin, Ellie McPherson plays Julie, and but the character has very little. She doesn't do anything in the plot. That I mean, I'm not even sure why they even try to make her a character in the movie. Well, Batman's love interest rarely do add anything to the plot. Um, even in the later feature films, they were they were never really there. Um, really, we're talking here about love interests, aren't we? Because Batman's had a lot of you know women hanging off his um, sort of his off his arm as Bruce Wayne and the Playboy image, but uh, he's only really fell in love very rarely, and it depends on which version of Batman <laughs> um, to how many he's really had. Yeah, um, although I do think that some of them were a little... I think some of his love interests, he might have wanted more than just an interest. He might have yeah. actually wanted a relationship. Selena Kai, almost definitely, we'll get onto in the... Yeah. Alright, um, also in the Golden Age was Linda Page... After Julia Madison broke off her engagement with Bruce, um, Julie Page or Linda Page, I'm sorry, a former socialite, she dedicated her time to her time to nurse for the elderly, instead instead of falling into the stereotype that rich women were spoiled and lazy. She dated Bruce for a few issues, but later fell between the cracks and suddenly disappeared. It's interesting that Julia Madison was engaged to Bruce because in later versions. At least when he's Batman, he would not have taken that risk. He would not have done that. Exactly. Um, okay, so the next one, Vicki Vale. In several 1950s stories, reporter for the Gotham Gazette newspaper, Vicki Vale was shown as an occasional romantic interest of Batman. Vicki Vale ret returned in the early 1980s, brought back by Doug Manick. She appears currently in the all-star Batman and Robin, and then she, Vale, obviously appeared in Tim Burton's first Batman feature film portrayed by Kim Basinger. And of course she was originally meant to be a lot more like the comic version played by um, Mrs. Young. Yes. Um, and then she also made an appearance in uh, Bat uh, the Batman vs. Dracula, which was the movie that was based off of that craptastic uh, series. Batman vs. Dracula says it all for that series. Yes. Um, there's a couple other ones. Patricia Powell, Virginia Guinea Jenkins. They're just mentionable. They don't have really anything. Now let me get on to the main one. Selina Kyle. Batman's every most... Every version she's in. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much every version she's in, she has something to do with 
some kind of uh, hidden relationship with Batman. Whether it Even be, when she was brought back to life by cats. Yes. Um, the Catwoman represents a gray area in Batman's otherwise black and white life, blurring the line between good and evil. Catwoman has fought Batman on various occasions, and yet the two share a mutual attraction. But also, she's also fought with Batman on other things as well. Yeah, I remember hearing on a Batman documentary I watched, actually one of the best ones, uh, Frank Miller said that um, Batman has never had a mature woman that has really ever matched him. Uh, the only one that really has is Catwoman, but it never really works out because she's a bit of a, you know, as one of the lines I've once read in one of the comics says, she says, there's something between us, and he says, yeah, the law. Yeah. Um, obviously, Catwoman was a jewel thief, and that's another thing that kind of gets it and not only the jewel thief thing, but she also, because of her love of cats, for instance, like in the Batman animated series, there's issues where she could have been on the good side, but then something happened, either somebody, she runs into somebody who's abusing cats or has furs or something like that, and then she suddenly I decides think she to... she was only really a real villain in the very first one she was in. After that, I mean, even then she was sort of an anti-hero. She never really was a, a you know, a full-on villain. I don't know whether she's ever really been a full-on villain in the comics that much, but most of the ones I've read, she's always been a kind of grey in-betweeny character. Yeah, she um, in the in the early comics and stuff, she was never really a villain. She kind of just occasionally stole some jewels. She never really like was the villains that we all know as like the Joker, a psychotic killer. or... Two Face or you know Scarecrow. She never really hurt anybody. She would just kind of try to like teach people lessons for doing either something that, that would go against cats or you know something like that. Kind of like a uh, <clears throat> dumbed down version of Poison Ivy that wasn't as nuts. Yeah, exactly. For cats instead of other plants. Yeah, um, and then obviously she, Selena Kyle is played by Michelle Pfeiffer in Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Brilliant performance. Yes, she did a great job, and I think she, that was perfectly cast um, at the time. Although that Catwoman does not hold much resemblance to the Catwoman from the comics, certainly the spirit of the character was there. Yeah. Especially when she was licking Batman's lips and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the movie from 2004, Catwoman, that's just horrible. <laughs> don't even go into that. Yeah. Bloody, well, they didn't even use anything from Batman. Bloody Paige Phillips or whatever her name was. And, yeah, yeah. That, that was just a huge disappointment. I couldn't believe that they didn't mention anything about Batman at all, much less the story and the origin of Catwoman. Just scrap it and just like... It was almost like they read everything in the comics and decided, you know what, we're going to go in a complete 180 direction. Yeah, we're just going to use the name just to get people to go and watch it because I think it'll be something to do with Batman. But no, 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 no. It's more to do with Egypt or something. Yeah. Ugh. All right, on to the next one, which is probably the second um, biggest oh, yeah. one was uh, Talia al Ghul, obviously the daughter of Ra's al Ghul. Um, Talia's father encourages her to have a relationship because he thinks that Batman is is the best person to fill his shoes when he eventually passes, which God knows whenever that'll be. Oh, yeah, because every time he does die, he comes back from that 
from that pit, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah the, um, the certainly Talia is famous because she was in the animated series, whereas most of these were actually just in the comics. Talia Gould, of course, um, that episode of Sheen, as, as well as Raz Al Ghul, that episode was actually, I think it was either written or it was co-written by Denny O'Neill, who created them, so that's why it was so faithful, that one. And also in the current comics, um, the Batman's son Damien, actually, the mother of that is uh, Talia. So. Would make sense. So, on to the next one, we have Pamela Isley. Um, which we all know is AKA Poison Ivy. Um, Did he ever actually really get involved with her? Like, really involved with her? Not, not really. It's kind of just like the the um, below the surface um, sexual relationship between the two of them. That she's just always like, trying to seduce him in one way or another. Then he's just like, well, no, you're going to jail, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we have Silver St. Cloud, a storyline in the 1970s featured Silver St. Cloud who managed to deduce the secret of Bruce Wayne's alter ego, but she couldn't handle being involved with someone in such a dangerous line of work. The two parted ways, and then she re she returned in 2005 in a miniseries, mini um, but the romance was obviously never rekindled, because it will never be. Um... There was one, a couple other ones that are not really super mentionable. Rachel Caspian, she was a love interest in the 1987 storyline, Batman Year Two. Which has um, since been kind of uncanonalized, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, Nat, Natalie, uh, Nat, Natalia Knight, um, her name, her also known as uh, Natasha Knight or Nocturna. Um, that was another one in the 1980s. She adopted uh, Jason Todd and knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Um, she disappeared. That's a thing we'll get into about the films uh, once we've got through this list. Yeah. Um, Julie Penny Pennyworth, the daughter of Alfred. Um, Vesper Fairchild. Uh, Fairchild was eventually killed by David Kane, uh, who got orders from Lex Luthor. That was she was around during the No Man Land uh, crisis, and of course he gets accused of a murder, doesn't he? Uh, is that yes, why he's yes, yes, off? that actually is yes. I just I just remembered that. Um, that's the one that he was actually Bruce Wayne. That was the whole Bruce Wayne fugitive. Uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, murder. I read those three book <clears throat> series that he picked back once of that. Um, Chandra Kins Kinsalving. Um, she's a psychic. She's the bodyguard, isn't she? Yeah. Um, Sasha Borodu, assigned to... No, no, she's the bodyguard, Sasha Borodu. Oh, Bordeaux. right, okay. Um, I know the name Sandra Kelly sometimes yeah, somewhere. Uh, not, she was from uh, the Hush... Uh, the, she, she was around in the Hush um, um, uh, arc. Um, Sasha Borodu was around during the OMAC project. Okay. Um, and then, obviously, Wonder Woman... Uh, Diana and Bruce briefly dated within the pages of the Justice League of America comics, but nothing ever came of their relationship, and the two still remain friends. This echoed in the Justice bad. League animated series, but Bruce and Diana seem to grow very close in the TV show, and even Batman hints at a romance in the episode entitled This Little Piggy. I think that's much better fit with Wonder Woman. 
Yeah, I think that, uh, um... She's a little too bright. I think she's, well, not only that, but, like, the fact that she's not... If, if Bruce was ever actually to settle down with anybody, I think it would have to be somebody like oh. Selena Kyle or somebody like that. Somebody who doesn't have powers. That's the thing. Yeah, because she could accidentally snap him in off or something, could she? Yeah. And the last one that's mentionable throughout the comics is uh, Jillian Maxwell. And she appeared in Batman Legends of the Dark Knight Halloween specials. Um, that's... There we go. Yeah, and that's about those. Um, the two that were never in the comics but appeared in films were Dr. Chase Mer Meriden or whatever the heck it is from Batman Forever. Uh, <laughs> now, this is what me. He knew her for what a uh, couple of months uh, as what he goes to the film, and he was willing to quit being Batman for this woman. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, that's that's part of the reason why Batman Forever sucks so bad was because Batman would never just stop being Batman for some woman he just met. And then, like, he gets shot in the head and goes, well, actually, yes, I think I'll be Batman forever. Yeah. And then, obviously, in the new, in the new Batman Begins and Dark Knight, Rachel Dawes, she was actually never in the comics. And it's... But she doesn't play a big enough part where it, it would jeopardize anything that you know, any of the storylines that would And ironically, the one that's most pivotal to the plot. Yes. Not uh, just the screaming woman who gets told Batman's identity. Because that's my, that's my bug with all the Batman series, especially the old one. It wasn't as bad with the Batman Begins because, it, you know, she knew him from childhood and all that. But um, with me, it was just kind of that the women found out who he was. Yeah. Um... And then a couple of the ones, his love interest from the different animation uh, series. We, in uh, um, Batman the Animated Series, we had Zantana, the magician, the, the daughter of uh, Tara. Um, they had a relationship, he had a relationship, uh, Bruce Wayne had a relationship with Zantana while he was studying escape um, escape artistry under Zatara but she appears many times or a couple times in the series and they just they just work together and don't really mention it um, in Batman Beyond there was a point where uh, they they mentioned that Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne might have had an actual had a relationship but Barbara Gordon ended up not wanting anything to do with it because she realized Bruce Wayne would never actually stop being Batman she couldn't live with that. He loves his uh, job as Batman more than he could ever love a woman. Yeah. Um, in Batman Mask of Phantasm, there was Andrea Beaumont. Um, basically, the their relationship is told through a bunch of flashbacks. Um, that's the one where supposedly, well, supposedly they got um, engaged, but it had to be called off because Andrea's father was involved in the mob. Um, I really like this one. Yeah, and that's, um... It's probably because it's, it's before Batman. Yeah. But, like, um, you know, like, she um, walks out on him and then he's, like, goes back on the path that he was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. It gives it a little more depth of, you know, it gives, the, especially the, the animated series, a little more depth than, you know, just the, you know, week-to-week -week episodes. And then there was, in Batman, Mystery of the Batwoman, uh, Kathy Duke, Duke, 
Cine, I think it's pronounced. Um, I haven't watched the film in a while. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I haven't. I have actually I haven't watched that one in a while too. She's uh, the daughter of a mob boss, and Batman had a. Um, she actually was the person who played Batwoman, but she's one of the three. There's three people. Yeah. And Why then, spoil that one for you? And then um, Lois Lane in a three-parter crossover episode of Superman animated series, The New Batman Adventures, World Finest. Bruce Wayne dates Daily Planet star reporter Lois Lane after meeting her on or at Metropolis Airport. However, she breaks off the relationship after she discovers that he is Batman. Um, this also kind of carried over to the comics, and supposedly Lois Lane knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, most likely because she eventually, well, because she marries uh, Superman. Superman is pretty much like best friends with Batman. Yeah, I, I don't get how many women, especially in the other media, how many women know he's Batman. Seriously, somebody would eventually give him up, especially this woman who's a reporter. Yeah, <clears throat> but at the same time, Lois Lane never gave up Superman, so I think that's kind of the thing yeah. where it's... Yeah, the others. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, and the only other one was in the TV series... From the 1960s, suppose, or you know, it, it made references that uh, Batman had relationships with other women, but were, it was never actually portrayed. Which is adding on to the whole camp thing. Yeah. Um, and then a couple other ones. Several characters were featured outside of the modern Batman canon, um, like Helena Wayne, pre-crisis uh, Huntress was Helena Wayne, daughter to Earth 2's Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. The modern uh, Huntress, Helena Bertelli, has no biological relationships to Catwoman Batman. It's just that she was like a, um, I guess, like their child in a different um, universe, I guess we could call okay, it. We've crossed over the line of love interest, I think, now on the article. Yeah, I think so. Because Batman Terry McGinnis is next, so I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> so that's okay so that I guess I went a little too far but anyway uh, so th that's all the love interests um, uh, that Batman's had throughout the time do you have a personal favorite um, I would probably say I would stick with Selena Kyle yeah me too definitely my because... least favorite will be um, what's her name from Batman Forever uh, Chase Meridian yeah yeah, I'd probably either pick that one or like Julie Madison from Batman and Robin just because she was a popular character. Well, she was not pop. I wouldn't say popular, but she was a well-known character in the early Batman comics, and they really did her no justice by just having her show up as a woman on his arm, and that was it. So. All right, so... That pretty much wraps everything up. Um, like I said, like we announced earlier, we're going to try to get in to the alternate commentary tracks for the Batman movies. Um, we're definitely going to try to get... That good fun. Yeah. Although, um, it might be a bit of a problem in that um, I'm on Region 2 and you're on Region 1, I believe. And your mine's is on PAL 25 frames per second and yours is 30 frames per second or something get around but it'll be okay it just means that we won't be going you know minute by minute to each other 
Yeah, it, and I don't, I, I don't think it'll be, it'll make a huge difference. If anything, it'll actually benefit um, both people, audiences. Exactly, both audiences, audiences from Region One and Region Two. So, um, we'll try to get that. Uh, we'll start out with the Batman 1989, Tim Burton's. Um, we'll try to get that one next week. It'll be on the normal podcast site, and you can download that. Um, it won't be listed as an episode, obviously, because it'll just be the commentary, but. As always, you can email your requests, batmanuniversepodcast at yahoo.com. You can check out the website, batmanuniversepodcast.podomatic.com. Uh, and also, if you want us to do a post on one of the animated series, once we've done all of these, um, send us your personal favorites to the animated series so we can know which ones people want us to do a commentary for. Yeah, we can definitely, um, if we don't, if for some reason one of our episodes are running a little short because there's not a ton of Batman news which I'm not really foreseeing but if it does we can always just jump in and do one Batman episode because it's only about like 25 minutes or something like that yeah so we can always just jump in and do you know an episode that somebody really likes we can try to do a commentary for that one real quick so yeah. all right well thanks for listening um, this is Dustin and this is Carl which you can also catch me at uh, slam of the week which is a WWE-focused podcast. It's wrestling general, but I'm really a WWE guy. It's led toward um, the character of The Undertaker because it's hosted by Phenol Forever. So uh, Dustin hopefully will be joining me for the post-WrestleMania one. So if you're interested in that, you can find that at slamoftheweek.mypodcast.com. Yeah, and I'm going to try to make that so I can get on that too. Um, But as we all know... Uh, We'll see you next time on the Batman Universe Podcast.